I'm hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. G'day. Yes, welcome to The Cast Next Door. My name is Jody, broadcasting all the way here from uh, sunny Australia. And with me on the line is Martin Sand. Um, Hello. All the way from Germany. Yes, sir. And uh, this is the podcast where we pick over the bones of the... Uh, what how should I call it? Um, bloody awful movie... The Boy Next Door, um, minute by minute, to find any comedic uh, value we can find in it. Uh, we are, it's actually, by the time this is coming to you, I believe Cagemas has happened, so happy, happy Cagemas to the world. We are talking about minute 85, which is the very, very endy bits of the film. We get about 10, 10 seconds of, um, action in which we see uh, John Corbett bloody as hell and um, unconscious while J-Lo, J-Lo is whispering uh, sweet nothings to him, telling him he's going to be okay. Um, and Kevin is sitting there looking like a stunned mullet and um, <laughs> not, not acting particularly well. What do you think about the final seconds of the movie? Well, it's it's uh, it's not just sweet nothings. She says, um, "We're going home. We're going home." At the end, which is um, of course significant because uh, this movie is all about uh, you know the um, uh, uh, <laughs> about how a um, failing, dissolving nuclear family gets repaired by um, overcoming the uh, threat of a seductive psycho killer wow so this is basically <laughs> marriage therapy yeah done right so we're using a, a psychopath uh to as a as a as a guidance counselor that uh, not a guidance counselor a marriage counselor <laughs> yeah what an awesome awesome uh moral for the story if your marriage is failing go hook up with a psycho the family that almost gets killed together stays together. Until next time John Corbett runs off with his secretary. Yeah. And then she's going to have to find another psychopath to sleep with. And the the cycle continues. It's a never-ending cycle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And John Corbett is lucky to be alive. Uh, I feel like in most, of, in most movies of this kind, um, uh, he would be dead, right? They should have killed him. Yeah. It would have been, it would have been better. Um, it's a little that yes. that bugs me. That bugs me. That basically Kristen Chenoweth is uh, basically the only one to uh, to get killed. Well, her and the boy next door. But well, that's right. If this is going to be a, a like a psycho serial killing stalker movie, he should be really picking them off one by one. And just picking off one person is not enough. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. Yeah, he should have killed the principal. And the girl he slept with, and his uncle, and the cop, <laughs> Johnny Cho. He should have killed all of them. A pet of some kind. A pet. 
Yes, the cat. Even the cat survives. Yeah, the cat. The cat makes it. And by the way, that yeah. cat. <laughs> I just looked it up. That cat has eight IMDb credits. I heard it on one of the other minutes. Dexter the cat. Yeah, where's Dexter been in through your research? He was in Bones and um, in Rules of Engagement and uh, in a movie called Clear History, which I've never heard of, uh, and Dark Skies. That's a pretty damn famous cat, Mike. As far as cats go, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, not not a, not a talking cat, but yeah, he can't talk. Know. But also, the credits page for um, the boy next door lists a puppeteer. <laughs> hmm. I wonder what the puppeteer had to uh, puppet. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe at the end when they drop the engine block on on Noah. Oh yeah. Um, maybe that's actually a puppet Noah that they are dropping the engine block on. Or maybe he puppeteered the, um, the, uh, the gouged out eye. Oh, yes, of course. That, that was a practical special effect. So, yeah, that would definitely probably include puppetry of some sort, maybe. You know what? I've got a theory. Mm. Maybe, maybe Kevin was a puppet all the way along. Oh, right. Yes, that would explain so much why, that would explain why he was so wooden. It would explain... His lack of facial expressions. I think we've solved it. As the as the film ends, there's an ambulance that drives away, and there's lots of flashing lights, and you, the strings start to swell, and um, some sort of haunting female voices come in, and then we smash cut to a picture of a gun, and the sort of flashing, um, sort of yeah sort of out of focus gun and you can see the fire in the background yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. back in the barn and um and director rob cohen comes up um so well i'm quite excited about uh, the <laughs> bits of credits that we've got because there's some really cool imagery um under the bits of credits that we have and oh, yeah, um, sure. quite a lot quite a lot to unpack actually so yeah I mean, I'd hate to be just rolling credits with nothing underneath it. This is great. Yeah. First, let's talk about Rob Cohen because um, he directed this piece of right. hunk of engine block. No, he directed this. And do you, <laughs> have you any experience with Rob Cohen movies? Everyone has seen one of his movies and uh, most people won't necessarily know it. Um, he's that kind of a director. He doesn't really, like, make his mark on a film, does yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He just he just shows up and shoots. I mean, I I think I've seen yeah I've seen I've seen a bunch of his movies. Uh, uh, I've definitely seen Triple um, X, The Fast and the Furious, Daylight, Dragonheart. Yeah, I've seen those. I've seen I've seen Dragonheart, and I've seen The Fast and the Furious, and I've seen I think I saw. I saw the one about um, Bruce Lee, which also had Dragon in the title. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, right. Yeah, Dragon, the Bruce Lee He likes dragons, it would appear. <laughs> um, and I think that is about it. I have not seen his other claims to fame, which are Alex Cross and Stealth, which are the tri uh, including The Boy Next Door, are a tr the trifecta of movies that have have made it onto the flop house podcast he directed a uh, episode of hooperman um, hooperman what the hell is hooperman <laughs> that was that was um that was an 80s cop show with um uh dear god what what what's his name uh 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 
uh, he was he was uh, on uh, three. Um, John I'm John doing, Ritter uh, um, John Ritter. Oh, I, oh yes, he was in an eighties cop show. Uh, yeah, there it's, you it, go. Sort of a sort of a funny eighties cop show. Um, it ran for three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's like. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a cop, and he's also the super of some uh, um, uh, uh, apartment building, and uh, it's um, it the humor probably won't uh, hold up today, but um, I don't know. I remember watching that show all the time when it was on, but I was yeah. but I was I think eight nine years old, so. Uh, I don't remember it too well, but I think it did pretty well, well in Germany. Okay, well, I have never seen it or heard of it, but I do know he's directed three episodes of Miami Vice, which I was a big fan of when I was a kid. Did you like the Miami Vice? I'm not Don sure. Johnson? I'm not sure. It's it's um, I I I couldn't watch Miami Vice when it was on because I wasn't allowed. Um, oh, <laughs> I was too young, too grown up. Yeah. Um, And then later, I don't know. I think I think I saw reruns of it uh, much later. And then it was the '90s, and then it looked pretty cheesy. Oh yeah, it was cheesy. <laughs> it was super cheesy. But I liked the I movie. So moving on from Rob Cohen, then um, the next shot we get is, I believe, of J Lo <clears throat> looking at a phone that's completely whited out. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's from when she was searching the house yeah, 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 for yeah. the uh, for the for the evidence dungeon, but for some reason she's look, looking at the whited out screen instead of pointing it at something, which would probably be more useful for a, a whited out screen that's being used as a torch, but not look as effective in the credit sequence. Most phones wouldn't you just use the uh, the uh, LED flashlight? That's what I do on, on my back, phone. I just but... turn on the flashlight, but. Some phones you can turn the front into a torch. It looks, I think, it's so it looks cool on credit sequences of movies. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Um, so we get a, a, that shot of J Lo staring at a white phone, and then we get uh, a picture of the houses, mm -hmm. um, and then we get written by Barbara Curry, and she's an interesting one because she hasn't <laughs> written. Well, she hasn't written any other movies. Yeah. But. It turns out um, she was assistant uh, U.S. assistant attorney general of um, downtown Los Angeles. It says here on IMDb <laughs> for nearly a decade. So she has quite a lot of experience in crime. She worked the major violent crimes unit on federal cases that included murder for hire, prison murder, racketeering, arson, kidnapping, and bank robbery. Wow, she has had a cool. Interesting life. Um, I guess with her expertise, we shouldn't be questioning um, stuff like um, would a police officer just discuss cases with anyone who uh, <laughs> comes walking in and seems interested? Yeah. And w and would they actually keep a car from a uh, accident that was not considered suspicious? Um, would they bother to keep it in a barn um, for, for a three year? Years or yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, they will. They will. Oh, it's amazing how long they'll, they'll, they'll um, how how big um, amount of storage space they have for all these vehicles that have just been involved in random accidents. 
just in case, um, uh, like, somebody wants to come and open the cold case. Yeah. Yeah, that's Barbara Curry and the pictures of the house. Um, then we get a bunch of different producers. Yes, 900 get... producers. This movie was 900. produced by everyone, from, 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 <laughs> from J-Lo to uh, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. It's like, yep. I mean, let me see, producers and executive producers, that's um, five, that's ten, that's 13 credits. Well, you've you got to have a lot of producers. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're busy pro producing stuff. I mean, uh, the, uh, the Talking Cast Next Door podcast that we're doing itself seems to have a, about a thousand, thousand producers and executive producers. So um, why not a full big budget $3 million movie. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, but the producers weren't that interesting because I didn't know any of them, um, but except for J-Lo. But um, you, did you notice there was a... Uh, you get this little... You get this image with three images laid over the top of it, and one of those images is a sex scene that never happened in the movie. Hmm. Did you notice that? I did not. Basically, you get... You get you get sort of J Lo closing the window in the background, and then you get um, a sex scene between um, Ryan Gosling or whatever his name is. Uh, Gosling, I think. Guzmund, I believe it is. I don't think it's Gosling. That's a different Ryan, um, who I like to call the Goose, um, just because of his name. So we get a uh, shot between the goose and that prom queen chick, and they're actually having proper sex. Yeah. So, so they shot the um, the proper sex scene, but the only thing Hello? that made in the, made it into in the movie, all you see is the uh, prom queen girl, uh, the prom, you know, Kevin's date or whatever her name was. Yeah. All you see is her giving um, the goose a blowjob. We see But we see this... we see a gander of her and the goose. We get a gander yes, gander we... goose. Goose. I like it. I like it. It's a pun. Yeah. Whitney would slap you for that pun. <laughs> She would slap me silly. So yeah, so you actually they actually shot a sex scene, but they it it only made it into the credits, hmm. which I found intriguing. There's also a, a picture of an American flag. Um that's the third image. Yeah. That is overlaid, and that's because I think, I mean, I don't think Americans are allowed to make a movie without a flag in it. Probably not. Mm. And the, the flag is kind of positioned in the small of uh, the girl's back, which is probably symbolic for something. Mm. A, she's got a flagpole upper. Maybe that's what it is. That was the, the most fascinating part of, about the credits. And the last image we see is the moon um, flashing backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. And the um, producers, uh, Jeanette Volterno Brill and Cooper Samuels, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that, that's the end of our credit minute bit. So you said uh, earlier that you had thoughts about the movie. What thoughts do you have, Martin? Well, before we get... Or, yeah, 
thoughts about the movie. The first thing that comes to mind, um, since it's the credits minute and the um, terrible credit song starts playing, is how awful the music was in this movie. Well, we can blame the music on Randy Edelman and Nathan Barr. Yes, sir. They are the, the composers who did the final song, and I think they did a bunch of the music from... I th I actually thought the final song didn't sound too bad. Really? Some of the other music in it's pretty woeful, but the, I the think, final song is... No, nah, that song came on and I thought, what 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 is what is that? Did, did, did Linkin Park remix Anthony and the Johnsons? <laughs> that sounds terrible. Now I want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a, that's a fair call. His his voice is very sort of croony and Anthony and the Johnsons esque. I guess you've got that sort of ding 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 ding. Yeah, I like that call. But um, if they had got Jay Z involved in in their uh, in that remix, it would have been a lot cooler. Yeah, everything's cooler if you add Jay Z. Yeah, the music pr is pretty bad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I mean that's. I mean I wouldn't have expected. Uh, 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 you know. A J Lo song to uh, uh, to pop up or whatever. I mean, this is not um, this is not the kind of movie where you would expect uh, like yeah uh, something from uh, sort of something to, something to make you shake your yeah body. yeah. But still, I think I think J Lo has um, at least some ties to the music industry. You'd think she could she could score uh, she she could score someone to. Uh, to score her movie i'm just actually looking at the soundtrack right now um there are there are apart from these songs uh composed by randy edelman and nathan barr there are a few bands here um none of whom i'm familiar with Welshly arms is a, a band that i know very well because I, i'm there actually it's been established in in um the canon of this podcast that i'm their manager mm. But um, there's bands like Alex Clare, Phosphorescent, Congos, Cat yeah. Dahlia, hmm. Dinosaur Murals. If it was Dinosaur Jr., I would be completely in. If it was a mural of Dinosaur Jr., I would be in. But Oh, well, God, that'd be so good. <laughs> um, yes Men, that's another band. Lisbeth Scott who also sings on this final track that we are discussing. But, yes, my thoughts, my final thoughts on the movie were I really didn't like it. I, okay. um, yeah, I, like, uh, the first three quarters, I think, of the movie are just, are just so blah and nothing much happens. But the end is kind of crazy enough to be interesting and watchable. So if I was going to recommend that you watch uh, this movie, I'd just recommend watching the last maybe hmm. 20 minutes or so. Because <laughs> the rest of it's just nothing. It's so fluffy and badly acted. Yeah, uh, but still, I didn't hate the movie. You didn't hate it? Yeah, I think I can say that mm. with confidence. I thought this movie was almost okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's it's a ringing so endorsement. mediocre. I wish it was either a lot worse or a lot better. Like, because if it was a lot worse, it could be fun and funny. And if it was a lot better, it'd be a decent movie. Yeah. 
But um, it's just so mediocre. Yeah. Yeah, well, it wasn't. It wasn't. Way. I think. I think the problem is, um, it's not. It's not really cinematic. It has the feel of a TV movie for, you know, most of the time. Um, and I guess if you watch it as kind of a TV movie, it's not that bad. It does a lot of things um, right. Actually, it's 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 um, it's very efficient. That's one thing I will say. It doesn't waste a lot of time um, getting to. Uh, the uh, necessary plot points. It um, uh, doesn't spend a lot of time on, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, J Lo being torn this way and that um, about her attraction to the boy next door. Um, <laughs> it doesn't take the boy next door a whole lot of time to go crazy. Well, it does. It takes most of the movie for him to go crazy. But then when he does go crazy, yeah. He goes proper crazy. Well, yeah. Well, I think I think the the one thing um, I hated most about the movie was that it um, that it actually um, that it pulled a that it pulled a no means yes um, and played it straight. That was very much so, didn't it? That was pretty awful. But apart yeah. from that, apart from that, it was a. Um, <sighs> It was a pretty okay thriller, um, one that almost worked. Uh, the, the, besides the um, really crazy parts, um, it was um, it, it was it was it was fun sometimes. Um, Kristen Chenoweth was a lot of fun. <laughs> She's awful, but a lot of fun and underused. And she doesn't yeah. get she doesn't deserve to be uh, to be the only one who gets whacked. But uh, at least she commits to the role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of, um, uh, let's say, um, how should I word this? Um, treatment of women in this movie, like, yeah, basically the no means yes rape scene, as you were talking about, and also there's a a, a sex scene with an uh, supposedly underage girl, and um, and. Basically, she's only being she's being used. So yeah. it's basically used for sex to get revenge on the other main. I mean, female I mean, we don't know that she's yeah. underage. Maybe they just forgot to mention that she's also twenty years old, like the boy next door. Yeah, but I think <laughs> we're left to assume that. Whereas when we're not left to assume it with the boy, yeah. he, it's explicitly stated but then we're left to assume that she's the same age as kevin and they both look like they're 12 yeah even i mean we know they're they're in like final year of school or whatever but oh yeah i mean it doesn't offend me that much but uh i'm not easily offended and of course i'm not a woman so i can't uh take that but i can't you know be offended on their behalf but it is yeah it's just a bit yucky hmm I mean, as well, this movie is, um, I mean, for the most part, it seems to be, um, to be geared towards women, um, written more or less for a female audience. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And it was successful, which, um, I guess also shows you that, um, <laughs> I guess, I guess women didn't take it too hard. Oh yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, it was actually, I think the female audience really liked it. So that that is good. 
So maybe I'm wrong and completely looking at it the wrong way. But um, no, yeah. I don't think so. I I, th- I thought I thought the, uh, the 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 gender stuff, uh, the sex stuff in this movie was pretty bad all around. But if I if I had to if I had to describe the boy next door in uh, you know one phrase, um, it would be. Um, disappointingly adequate okay i'll just call it disappointing and leave the (laughs) adequate bit off so martin do you have any plugs or recommendations or would you like me to go first while you think about it um please go first so my i'll start with my plug um i make uh art i guess you could call it art i just bodge uh stuff together out of scrap metal and rubbish and if you want to see my work you can find me at the scrappy sculptor on Facebook is where I mostly uh, post stuff, but I'm also on Instagram and Twitter under that title, uh, The Scrappy Sculptor, and I really love doing that and sharing it with people. So if you'd come along and, and like my page, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, recommendation this week, I'd like to recommend a podcast that I really love. It's an Australian podcast called Nerdzilla. Um, Two uh, really, really dorky guys just talking about um, nerd stuff, and I really like it. Sort of just a lot of fun. Um, And maybe a podcast called FPCast, uh, Fruitless Pursuits, while while I'm at it. Plugs. I have nothing to plug. I don't do anything of note. Um, I take pictures sometimes. but since I think most of our listeners um, are already in the uh, Flophouse Facebook group, <laughs> I think that's safe to assume. I don't know if I'm right. Yes, but, I think so. Um, yeah, you, you, I guess most, most people who hear this um, are already friends with me and um, follow me on, I don't know, uh, Facebook or Tumblr or wherever. If you don't, um, just uh, just just type um, me underscore vs underscore Gutenberg um, into Tumblr or Flickr or any of those websites. I I'll probably come up. Um, <clears throat> uh, recommendations. Um, if we're uh, recommending podcasts that's um, that are not the Flophouse or um, a talking cast or any of our um, other um, collaborators' podcasts like um, A Thousand Words or The Lesser Bonapartes or Alka Hollywood, um, I would recommend oh, my... Oh, um, oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. wait. Um, uh, Johnny Feisty, what's Jim Harper's podcast? Uh, TV Copilot. TV Copilot, that's it. Awesome podcast. Sorry, Listen to it, follow it, uh, subscribe, rate, uh, and so on. I would say my favorite um, non-flop movie podcast is called um, Travis Bickle on the Riviera. Give those guys a plug. Why not? Um, I really enjoy it. Um, look it up. Uh, maybe you'll like it too. Um, and if you want to see a movie with a um, with um, also, a sex scene that might um, turn you off or shock you, um, but that is used for great effect. Um, watch Inherent Vice, my favorite movie of last year. Cool. Inherent Vice. I haven't seen it yet. All right, Martin. I think we'll call that an end then. Uh, All right. Thank you for listening and good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to The Cast Next Door. I've been Jody Doyle, and with me has been Martin Sand. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at FirstEdIliad, 
or download new episodes from thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Artwork by Josh Hollis, edited by Darren Husted, produced by Darren Husted. The Boy Next Door is owned by Bloomhouse, Smart Entertainment, New Yorican, and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is the first edition?